When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The show goes on. This is the official show on the Fish Stripes podcast channel with me, Eli Sussman, the managing editor of Fish Stripes, where we cover your Miami Marlins every day in our own way. This is an emergency pod episode for you guys at a moment in time where I feel it is glaringly obvious that change is needed to this Marlins roster, not offensively, and not even to the bullpen at this particular time, but in the starting rotation, the weak spot of the rotation, after yet another underwhelming outing by Eliezer Hernandez, it's clear that he's just not up to the standard of a team that has playoff aspirations as early in the season as we are. It's time for a change. It's time for an upgrade, especially considering that the team has an upgrade waiting in the wings in AAA, one of their top prospects, right-hander Max Meyer. And that's a change that I feel should be imminent for this Marlins team if they want to prioritize contending above all else during this 2022 season. On the other side of the break, we're going to dive into all angles of that decision, why now, what it looks like, what to expect. Stick with me. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not uh, as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Things were looking up for the Marlins just a few hours ago. Eliezer was staked to a three-run lead against the D-backs, a D-backs team that had been right near the very bottom of offensive production in Major League Baseball to this point in the season. I mean, to be fair, some of the other Marlins starters 
were disappointing earlier in the series against the D-backs, but Eliezer is somebody that just does, you cannot give the benefit of the doubt to. He was great during the shortened 2020 season, and pretty much outside of that, he's just been replacement level. Typical back end of the rotation type of starter that could suffice for a team that was rebuilding, but not anymore. He gets a three-run lead in this one, makes it all the way to the fourth inning before finally allowing a run it all came undone right there in that inning. D-backs essentially batted around against him. Didn't even, only one home run against Eliezer, so that's room for improvement. As we know, he is notoriously vulnerable to the long ball. But this was just a series of line drives up and down the D-backs lineup, especially from the bottom of their order. The bottom of the order from one of the worst offensive teams in all of baseball. He only gets through four innings. His ERA for the season rises to 6.66. I'm done with him. I'm done with him for the time being. He, he has not preserved his position on the depth chart. He has not justified the decision that they made to slot him into the rotation from the beginning. We are through five starts this season, and uh, let's go through them one at a time. There was that first one against L.A., uh, where he goes four and two-thirds innings, four earned runs allowed, two home runs. His one shining moment was against the Phillies that first series. A legitimately great outing, going six strong. His longest outing since 2019 in that one. Only allowed one solo home run to account for the runs against him. And then it's just been back to the mediocrity ever since then. On the road against the Braves. At home against the Mariners, and now at home against the D-backs. He's somebody that for his career, he's pitched a lot better at home when he's been in environments that suppress home runs. And even that, even with the home stadium advantage, even in a year in baseball where the balls are not carrying the same way that they used to for a variety of reasons, the results are still just not good enough for him. It's one thing to allow these runs at this high rate. It's another to kind of Combine that with his issue of not working deep into games, even under the very best of circumstances. He throws a decent amount of strikes, but he's not getting enough whiffs on those strikes this season, or really for a lot of last season either. He was adequate in a world where National League lineups had the pitcher hitting at the very bottom of it, but that's no longer the case in this world of the universal DH. There are just too many legitimate bats that he has to go up against, and it's only a matter of time until a few of them barrel the ball against him, in particular his fastball. It is one thing to be an ordinary two-pitch pitcher with a fastball and a good breaking ball. The problem is his fastball is far below average. It's one of the worst fastballs that anybody has as a steady big leaguer. There was there have been points in time where he commands it well enough to get away with it, like, it is possible to be a successful major league pitcher throwing in the low 90s. His commands just has not been there consistently, and especially not this year. Honestly, even in his very best game pitched, it wasn't necessarily there for him. He's put in a lot of effort to improve his changeup. He's been throwing it more often this year than in any of his previous years, and it's just not a good enough pitch. He has not even got it to the point where it's an average pitch and one that he's comfortable using against both lefties and righties. It just leaves you with a guy that is not particularly valuable right now for a team that cannot afford to waste outings every fifth day. 
He's somebody historically who has had durability issues as well. Some of the bad luck, some of it just endemic to who he is, where if you're looking forward, you, you can't even count on getting him available for 32 starts in an entire season just to eat innings. If, if that's like the bare minimum that you're looking for. The Marlins should be aspiring to do more at this point in time. And even in a year with expanded postseason, where the rest of the National League East outside of the Mets has performed pretty poorly, this margin of error is going to slip away very rapidly if they're not actually trying to put the very best players on the field. So you knew a lot of this stuff about Eliezer. I spoke at the start of the offseason how I thought he was a very obvious trade candidate. I thought he was somebody that even if they were selling relatively low on him to get something in return and to open up that spot to a starter with more upside made a lot of sense. They did not pull the trigger on that. And at this point, it's not really something that you can even think about seriously. Like When I talk about getting him out of the rotation, I don't mean trading him at the moment, and I don't mean moving him to the bullpen either because this is something that I have seen floated quite a bit by a variety of people is that obviously what you do, if he's not good enough to start, you put him in the bullpen, he focuses on just his, his two pitches. He doesn't even worry about the changeup. He tries to help the team any way he can. I'm looking at this Marlins bullpen and I don't see why or where he slots into this. Where is the fit with him in this Marlins bullpen? Why would he be any sort of upgrade over the guys that are expendable in that pen? Because you know that Cole Solcer isn't going anywhere. Anthony Bass isn't going anywhere. Richard Blyer isn't going anywhere. Stephen Okert, out of options and also pitching great, not going anywhere. So that leaves you with Anthony Bender. You know, he's been disappointing, but his pure stuff and his improving comfort in the ninth inning makes you think that he is certainly safe and more valuable in the time for the time being. Uh, Lewis Head still has a few minor league options left, but he just throws up zero after zero after zero. It's not always pretty, but he's getting the job done. And there's no reason to think that this bullpen is better off without him to this point in the season. That leaves you with Tanner Scott. He's been up and down, but when he's up, he's awesome. As much as people respect Eliezer's slider, Tanner Scott has a lot on him. He's able to throw that pitch all the time and get more good results than bad. I think he's fine. Really, the conversation is Eliezer versus Cody Poteet. And I I plan on doing a deeper dive into what Poteet is doing because he's been great this year. I was skeptical. I thought he was somebody that was really taking advantage of sticky stuff during his rise to the major leagues last year. And you know what? He's made an interesting adjustment. He throws his changeup twice as much as he used to, and he gets swings and misses on it. His fastball velo really does tick up in the bullpen in a way that I'm not so sure Eliezer's would. And Poteet, to this point in the season, has been getting great results on top of that. So even though you could send him down, he is actually even older than Eliezer is. He has nothing left to learn at AAA. I think it's a pretty clear-cut decision to me. We know that Hernandez is in the first year of arbitration eligibility. You know, he's earning more than the league minimum in a perfect world. And frankly, a lot of teams don't like to option down players that are earning some real money. But this is not a typical situation. This is a Marlins team where they're 
younger and cheaper pitching is actually better than some of their more experienced pitching that Hernandez is in. And I'm not ruling out the fact that he could have some impact on this team during the course of the season. I'm, I'm saying that he is not top five on their starting pitching depth chart right now. So that's what I would advocate for is in the coming days, send him down to AAA, have him wait as the season goes on. I think realistically, you need to be prepared for an injury to the rest of this rotation, whether it's Pablo or Trevor or Jesus Lazardo or even Sandy Alcantara. He is human, even though his track record kind of suggests otherwise when it comes to durability. They will need more than five starters over the course of the season. They'll probably need more than six starters substantially over the course of the season. And even though you don't feel great about what Eliezer is now, maybe something clicks as he's pitching out of view down in Jacksonville. I'd like to see him gone and replaced by none other than Max Meyer. So while I've been very strong about the idea that Eliezer wasn't fit to stick in this rotation, I've been kind of quiet on the idea of Meyer coming up imminently. It's just that with each passing start, he further solidifies himself as being major league ready. I mean, to this point, if you have not been following his career much at all to this point, to catch you up, he's made 27 starts in the minors, and he has a 2.16 earned run average. He has allowed eight home runs in total in 27 starts, 137 in the third innings, and he has 163 strikeouts. Let me get that strikeout rate for you. It is over 30%, isn't it? It's 29% strikeout rate as a starting pitcher, and his control just keeps getting better as well. The start of his major league career, the start of his professional career, I could say, you could pick holes in his command and his control, and that stuff has gotten better. It keeps getting better. The way that he has made the jump very seamlessly from double-A all the way to triple-A with even improving results, a lot of credit goes to his command and it goes to his changeup. We knew that he needed more of a changeup than he used for much of 2021. Credit to him. He has put in the work and he has developed that pitch in such a way that he can use it once every 10 pitches, maybe once every 12. The usage does not need to be super high in order for it to be a valuable weapon for you. And he has reached the point where it is making the difference, as is the fact that his fastball velocity seems to be even up a tick from where it was last year, consistently hitting the mid-90s, like sitting 95, 96, 97 in his outings so far this year. And of course, what puts it all together is his slider, his special, special slider that takes several shapes that can go to either side of the plate, that could get called strikes, that could get chases, that could get weak contact. His splits this year against lefties and righties are amazing, beautiful to look at. Holding righties to an OPS under 600, holding lefties to a 273 OPS. He's allowed one extra base hit to a left-handed batter all season through his first five starts. His strikeout rate is even higher against lefties than it is against righties. It's that shape of his slider, the speed that he throws it at. I said his fastball is comfortably sitting in the mid-90s, and his slider is sitting right around 90 miles per hour. An entire game of 90-mile-per-hour sliders with nasty late break, two-plane break as well, both horizontal and vertical. 
It's a special pitch. We knew that. It's been as good as advertised. When you look at the little things that he's doing this year, making a start on, quote, regular rest. I talked about that with the Pablo Lopez pod not that long ago, how important it is to be able to make starts five days in between each other. And he showed that in his limited opportunities in the minors, he had a couple of those in 2021, and now he had one of those in April as well, that he is up for that task. Then in his most recent outing, April 30th, that was it's four days before we were recording this, going six and two-thirds innings, and the first six of those innings scoreless dominance against the AAA White Sox affiliate in Charlotte, only in the seventh inning, getting stretched out for going all the way three full times through an opposing lineup. Not just the third time through, but all the way through, facing 27 batters, which was a career high for him. That's when he finally allowed a run in that one. He's efficient with his pitches. He now has, as I said, those three actual weapons. It's not just the slider, and it's not just the intangibles that he brings. It's that he does have now enough variety that can be trusted against lefties, against righties, and I think against major leaguers as well. He is fully ready. He is, we talked about him being quick to the majors when they drafted him in 2020. So nearly two years later, uh, if it was going to be so quick, really the only excuse for having him down at this point is having superior options in the big leagues ahead of him. And at this point, I don't think it is possible to argue that Eliezer Hernandez is a better option than Meyer is. So they've done the right job balancing his workload to this point in the season, for the most part pitching once every week, so that, what, he's made five starts while instead of six or seven, like they're pacing him. They're pacing him to be available for what could be the rest of the season or fairly close to it. If not the whole thing, then fairly close to it. And he should be spending most of that season in the major leagues. So for a team that is right around the 500 mark right now, and we'll see exactly how this game ends on Wednesday, they cannot, they don't have the luxury of being complacent on this, right? If they see a very clear opportunity to improve, and one that I should emphasize doesn't mean losing Eliezer, it means just pushing him down the depth chart and pushing him down the organizational ladder, it seems like a no-brainer to me. Even more convenient, it's at a moment where they have an opening on their 40-man roster. Like, for anybody fighting back that this would be rushing Meyer, that they should look to somebody else, we could go through their whole 40-man roster. This is a time where, unfortunately, they just do not have a ton of alternatives on there to help their pitching staff. Just going through the guys who are on the 40-man but not on the active roster, the first one that comes up is Edward Cabrera. And Edward, after dealing with some biceps fatigue, has now made a couple of minor league starts this season. I watched his most recent one in Jacksonville very carefully, and he's still rusty. His command was not very good. He was not missing bats. He went through four innings, and he only allowed two hits because his stuff overall is still really great. He's going to be a big part of this team this season, and I still think he has the upside to be perhaps as good or better than Meyer in the long term. But in terms of for this season, I don't think anybody who has been able to watch both Meyer and Cabrera, their most recent starts, would even say it's a conversation that Meyer is the one that is 
poised to help more right now than Cabrera is. But we'll see him later. There is Daniel Castano, who is recently options in the minors and not actually eligible to be called up at this very moment. And if they did call him up, I think it goes without saying that we know who he is at this point. He's one of the few guys that perhaps would not be much of an upgrade over Eliezer Hernandez. Braxton Garrett. Braxton Garrett has been relatively good so far in this AAA season. Unfortunate timing with him. He just suffered a shoulder impingement. That's reported by the Miami Herald. So he went on the minor league injured list, and that's going to keep him sidelined for at least the next few weeks. As Although he was showing some nice signs, and he's somebody that later on this year could be a factor Certainly not right now. Keep going. Jordan Holloway, he's hurt also, and he is in the early stages of a throwing program, still several weeks away from helping out at the major league level. And if he does, it's more likely to be as a reliever than as a starter. There's Tommy Nance, who really has not pitched very much this year and is exclusively a reliever. Moving past him, we have Zach Pop, who was just sent down to the minors a few days ago. Again, same story as we brought up with Castano, where he's not available to be called up for another week or so. And even when he is, he's exclusively a bullpen guy, not somebody that is going to contribute much outside of one or two innings at a time. And then Sixto Sanchez. Remember him? He's still on the 40, man. He's still alive. He is, as the last update, throwing at a distance of 60 feet in his throwing progression he is at least a month away, I would say, best case scenario, from being a major league starter. And so I still have very mixed opinions on Six, though. I used to be very high on him, but this has been a very scary shoulder setback that has kept him off the mound now for more than a full calendar year. As much pitching depth as this team has, it's not really um, knocking on the door of the 40-man roster to this point as viable starting rotation candidates with the exception of Max Meyer. So he's not on the 40 man, but you could put him right on when you call him up and call him up at the expense of Eliezer Hernandez. Simple as that. That's what I'd like to see. Do I think the Marlins are going to do that imminently? Not not necessarily. I think they're going to wait a little while longer and I'm I don't know if I can fully trust them to actually send down Eliezer, considering the money that he's making and what he has produced in the big leagues, at least in terms of volume, although not really in terms of quality, well, that, that still remains to be seen, whether they would send him down or try to like squeeze him into an awkward bullpen role that he's not necessarily suited for. Questions remain about that, but I think I just explained it, that compare him to their current long man, and I would take Cody Petit pretty easily over Eliezer Hernandez in that role for the time being. When would I like to see Meyer up? I, I think I'd love to see him debut on this upcoming road trip against the Padres in this very next series. So he last pitched on April 30th, beginning on Thursday, and he's, he's fully rested. But I think the best ideal landing spot for him would be looking forward to Saturday's game against the Padres. I picked that up for a very particular reason because it comes in between Sandy Alcantara and Pablo Lopez. Pablo Lopez, he thrives when he gets some extra rest. And we're currently in a stretch where the Marlins have not had off days for a while and there's still a full week and a half until they get their, I should say one week until they get their next off day, which means that Pablo right now 
is on schedule to throw on regular rest, but why not squeeze Max Meyer right in there, give Pablo his extra rest, fit Meyer into the rotation instead of making him wait longer than he needs to, try to put up a fight during this upcoming road trip. At this point in the season, when you're just a, a 500 team, these long West Coast road trips coming during a stretch where the team itself has been playing a lot of baseball without an off day, like this could really go downhill very quickly. They're, as of this recording, they're fighting with their last breath to avoid a four-game losing streak, but that could spiral. Like The Padres are good, and the Diamondbacks, for as poor a start as they had, to this regular season. Oh, as the Marlins actually tie up this game here on Wednesday. So maybe they will be able to pull out a miraculous win. That'd be great. But that does not change the very obvious hole that they have on their major league roster. So that hole being the bottom of the starting rotation. Everybody has been looking forward to this being the year that they emerge as an elite starting rotation group. In fact, just a few days ago, I was having that thought in my head as to whether they had actually really reached that level to be considered one of the better all-around rotations in baseball. And then you have the series like the Diamondbacks, where um, three consecutive days, their starters just do not get the job done. And that went a long way into why they lost the series and why they're just desperate to avoid a sweep in this situation. They need... They need to actually put their most talented players in a position to contribute if they want to make this season a success. And that means calling up Max Meyer. So I hope I did a satisfactory job explaining the timing of this decision and why these particular players would be the right ones to involve in that swap. Let me know if you disagree. You know how to find me anywhere that you find fish stripes on social media, on our website, fishtraps.com, or me personally on Twitter, at Real Eli, E-L-Y. Just let me know what you think of the timing and how the Marlins should address this issue on the team. So much more coverage coming up on our site about the Marlins, including Fish Stripes Live on Thursday night, entering the Padre series. Of course, we'll have our series preview article of that. And we have some nice analysis pieces that are in the works about particular players for better and for worse that I think you guys will find really interesting. Even looking forward to Saturday, we have the return of Fish Stripes Unfiltered with a special guest, Joe Forsaro, who has been on the Marlins beat for almost as long as some of us have been alive. He is a real treasure, and we're excited to have him on and talk all things about the team. So things are staying busy, even in the middle of a rough stretch for the team, and if they listen, if they finally budge on this Max Meyer move, uh, I just, I'm very eager to see exactly how he translates to the big leagues and what he does to stick around because he is a, a pretty awesome player. We knew that when they drafted him, and to this point in his professional career, he has lived up to the hype. He has earned this opportunity to be challenged at the highest level. Thanks as always for listening, and go fish. Go fish.